everyone. Welcome to the Australian Herpetoculture Podcast. How you going, Luke? Yeah, good in yourself, mate. Yeah, not too bad for a rainy Wednesday. Yeah, it was pretty miserable today, wasn't it? Yeah, I was um, obviously started a new job, so that was last week. And um, just been driving around, scoping work and bucketing down rain, getting soaked in and out of the car. Oh, lucky you. At least you're closer to home now, right? Oh, it's so good, mate. Six o'clock wake up compared to a four o'clock wake up. That's insane. Yeah. Get to see the kids of the morning and I get home earlier too for an eight hour day than I did for an eight hour day down there. That's awesome. So, That's what it should be. Yeah. It's heaps better. Heaps just so much more time. So much more time. Are you like obviously you're spending more time with the with the kids. Are you spending any more time with the reptiles now as well? Yeah, definitely. Heaps more. Get home and then the kids will come down and we'll, I'll feed them. I'll just spend a bit of time in here, depending yeah. on the weather too. If it's sunny, like the kids will be in the backyard and I'm just in the shed doing my thing and keeping an eye on them as well. It's so good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, real good. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> you wait. You'll have another hobby before you know it. No, nah, I doubt it. I've got enough hobbies. I don't need any more. <laughs> 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 got to work on my house, like books, reptiles, photography. Yep. i got enough. I don't need any more. You're, you're going to go through a few renos, aren't you? Because you've got to sort out this turtle pond and stuff. So yeah, been talking about that forever, but it's finally kind of coming to a head. Yeah, we've got all that Yeah, pretty much position sorted. Got Just got to order some stuff. I've got to do – I've got an excavator coming probably on the weekend to do a couple of bits and pieces and probably start digging a hole too. So Oh, we could – you got wife's approval for the spot? Yeah. Yeah. All yes. approved. Yeah. All approved. The bosses always have got to tick it off, right? That's right. That's right. But um, yeah, no, it's good. Just gotta do a bit of, but hopefully the weather holds off. If the, if it buckets down all week and I can't really do too much excavation, yeah. but um I've got to level out a bit of the side of the house for some um work on the, the yard, landscaping. So I can do that. That's not too but too hard but digging the hole i don't want to dig it and then it <laughs> fill up sinks it in or something yeah that's yeah right. it's that's so wet at mean, the man. moment yeah it's yeah exactly yeah a bit of muddy water though you're right <laughs> <laughs> no fence around it but it's so muddy at the moment eh? and wet like we got a skip today and i was moving the skip because i put it in the wrong spot so i was like got the winch on the car and i was pulling it and sliding it and pushing it and it leeches all over my feet at your place? At my place, just standing in the in the gravel driveway. Bloody hell! Yeah, I didn't realise because I got I thought I'll jump in the shower because I've been at work and just this and that. I thought it was mud on my feet, and I was like, oh, I'll quickly wash it off. And I'm trying to, it's not moving. I look down, I'm like, oh, it's a leech. I'm like, look, there's another one. Oh. So I got them off, and I was just bleeding for ages. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Bastards of things. I don't like leeches. They're not like, you know, give me flies in 40 degree heat. I'm sweet. Like it's a little bit annoying, but, you know, I can handle that sort of stuff. But leeches, like even when Todd and I were walking through the rainforest, we got a fair few leeches up on our pants and stuff and like none hit skin and such. But yeah, it's just annoying having to stop and check yourself every couple of minutes just to make sure you don't have anything on you. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I don't know. I'm not a fan of them, but, you know, just get the old lighter out. It's good to go. Yeah, yeah, they got that off. place, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. What's new, mate? Um, not a hell of a lot, to be honest. I'm yeah. just kind of plodding along here. Um, kind of cruising with the animals at the moment. I'm just trying to 
wind things down a little bit. Now that we're getting into the cooler months, I'm starting to back off the feed a little bit and yep. reduce a few light hours here and there, which is good. Hopefully, the electricity bill will like that. So, electricity bill, the food bill will like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't even didn't even order food this week, which is like the first week in a while that I haven't had to order food. Yeah, I noticed so, my guys have started to slow down a bit too with this weather. So, yeah, I mean, I've got to do another order pretty soon, but yeah. Yeah, I think I can kind of go back to like bi-weekly for the next probably, oh, sorry, you know, fortnightly for the next couple of weeks. And then by that stage, it'll be pretty much game over Red Rover for for pretty much most stuff here, which will be awesome. So yeah. give me a chance to kind of focus on getting other stuff prepped and that before you know, kid turns up. So, yeah. Not yes, the, the countdown's on, mate. The countdown's on. 24 weeks she is tomorrow. So, yeah. Under 16 weeks because they'll induce her because of the diabetes. So, yep. Yeah, not much longer. You'll blink, mate, and you'll have a baby in your house. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> And then you'll blink thought. and there'll be a toddler and then so on and so on. Yep, I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be setting up those little, you know, kid-proof fences at yep. the door here so they can't get into the reptile room without me. Yep. Those special kind of locks on my, my fish tank cabinets and stuff so they don't go swimming in the fish tank sumps yeah it'll be great <laughs> opening your cutlery drawers and so on i didn't even think about that yeah yeah you don't think about it until they do it and you're like i'll come in today and my son's standing on the kitchen bench <laughs> eating a strawberry he helps himself <laughs> to food now i'm just like what the heck mate get down and instead of like like he he calls it stand down <laughs> <laughs> like if you tell him to get down, he goes, no, 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 I stand down. Because <laughs> you can like stand up because he associates it with stand up and then he calls it stand down. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, oh, I do look forward to that sort of stuff in, oh, in a mate. way, but yeah, I suppose it would scare the crap out of you sometimes as well. Oh, it does. Yeah, some of the stuff they do, but yeah, it's definitely awesome. <clears throat> have, have you ever had an issue with them getting in, into your reptile tanks? I suppose not if you're there, right? Nah, never because to get in here you've got to have the key to unlock the door yeah so whereas you're a bit different your room's in your house whereas mine's in a shed out the back so yeah it's kind of isolated you know, the door's always locked it's kind of isolated but um yeah no no never even when the no i think i moved everything down here but yeah i did i moved everything down before we had kids and then i moved everything on so yeah. no i don't really have that like that problem so to speak yeah well i'll let you know how it goes eventually yeah I've got a little while to wait till that sort of stuff happens anyway. But put locks on everything, mate. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Well, the fish tank cabinets do make me a bit nervous just because there's like sump filters and stuff in there and all sorts of gizmos in the marine tank that's like not cheap stuff. So you can yeah. get those um, cabinet locks and stuff so they can't open the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I just, yeah. I just You've got a little bit while you got, you got a little bit. I've got a couple of years, I reckon. Oh, not even. No, nah, I'd say about a year. As soon as they start crawling. <laughs> Once they start moving. You're, Don't yeah. tell me that. <laughs> but nah, at least in that me. room, you can just barricade the door off. With like yeah, yeah. This, this will be super easy to do this yeah. room, 100%. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be all right. It's, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, every, everything's pretty... Um, Pretty chill here now, hey. I'm kind of enjoying it. I, I need to get in and do a bit of deep cleaning because stuff's gotten a bit filthy over the last couple of months yeah, with me traveling around a bit and same. working a bit. So, 
be a lot of stuff getting stripped out. But yeah, I plan to do that this weekend. I'm also just going through enclosures as I'm moving things on. Like I need to move on a whole bunch of enclosures. Like you got one off me on the weekend. Todd grabbed a whole bunch the other week. My courtyard's starting to fill up with exoterras again. So <laughs> probably looks like my storage shed just a little. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the neighbors love it. Yeah, <laughs> just all these random boxes of glass everywhere. I've still got a bunch of the smaller exoterras. Hey, yeah. That's, that's the one size I'm not getting rid of is I'm not getting rid of the 30 cubes or the 30, 30, 45s because I'm like, I can find places for those. And if I have hatchy geckos or something like that, then at yeah. least I've got something. I think I've still got like 15 spare ones or something or 10 spare ones or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I think I'll have like eight if I'm lucky. Yeah. But yeah. What about you? How are all the critters and stuff doing there? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, really good. Got the uh, the cornutus now, so... You stoked to have Pretty those back? Stoked, yeah, definitely, man. They're probably one of my favorites. They Them, were hard. All the, to... the celebrosis. I'd say celebrosis just because of the tail. But yeah. um Cornutus, man, just the size and the colours and and all that. Uh, pretty stoked about that. They were really hard to put in the box. Yep. At like, least they're close. <laughs> at least they are. Yeah, at least they are. I know where they are. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, they were super hard to put in the box. Hey, I was just like, oh, these are like, especially after the trip to find all the leafies, like the Moritz and the KDA and stuff like that. I was just yeah. like, the whole time I was with Todd, I was like, damn it, why did I have to get rid of them? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, that's all right. At least you know where to come. They're up the road, so it's all good. I'll get my stuff in order and, and see how I go in a couple of years, and I can always get something back. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, nah, I'm loving having them back. So. And we got rid of some boids. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Met up at uh, the old Maccas near you. Yeah. That was good. That was on like a bit of a round trip for me down to Campbelltown and then back up. So he, he was probably from down that way. I think he was, but. Oh, you, did you already go all the way down there that morning? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, got up right. at six and left and did like a big round trip. Any reason for Campbelltown? To pick up the um, mail. That's right. Yes, yeah. Because you, sh- yeah, you showed me him. I just didn't even know how. Well, I didn't even ask how you got that. But yeah. 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 Oh, that's wicked. So got the tree on here. Yeah, I turned around to Jason and I was like, "Are you going to organise to get a mail? You know, call notice?" And Jason's like, "I've already organised it. What are you talking about? These things aren't <laughs> that hard to find." <laughs> like, but there was. It was a bit of. It was just a bit of dumb luck, really. I've been looking yeah. for like we've been speaking about these leaf tails, getting them off you for yonks. And it's taken me till like it was last week to get. I had a mail and that fell through, and then um, yeah, got this one, this one lined up last week. I think it was. I am glad that cool. you got that though, because you just don't see too many of them kicking around. I think I don't even know who was. I think it might have been Cam Candy was actually asking me about Cornutus only recently. Yeah, I just told him to hit you up soon because I was like, you know, <laughs> at least at least you can get him in queue or something like that for. Yeah, any possibilities, but because those girls are pretty much adult size now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're bigger than the adult male. It's about he's about five, but um, yeah. Here's here's a funny thought. So, Mitch, um, sent me a photo of the white berber that he got off me this year, not too long ago, like a couple. I think it was during last week. He's like, man, these things grow quick. I'm like. I don't know about you, but I found that the leaf tails actually do grow really quick. Mm. Yeah, mine always did from hatchies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Like they're really good eaters. Yeah. You probably noticed that. Oh, did you? Ever, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, they're really good eaters. I've found with all my hatchies. Like I never, even as adults, you chuck crickets in and you can generally watch the majority of all of them eat. Mm. They'll even take off the tongs. Like they're, mm. they're not shy when it comes to food. No, I, I really do rate them as a gecko. Hey, like it's one yeah. of those geckos where I, I almost think because they were so easy for me to keep, it wasn't so exciting, but it, they it's, are exciting in their own right. You know, like yeah. you, as far as aesthetics, as far as enclosure, the, like setups and stuff that you can make for leafies and, and all that. Like it's, it's, they're awesome. They're perfect for it. And like, yeah. they make really, really good captives, but I almost feel like, uh, you know, like hatchy stroughs, for example, I'm like delicately putting like tiny, tiny little ge- um, crickets and stuff in with these things going, oh no, that cricket's too big. Whereas like hatchy leafies, they'll just bulletproof off the bat. They'll just smash yeah. whatever you yeah I, I always found that with them like you chuck at like a couple of crickets in and you'll just watch them they'll just come straight down and eat straight away yeah like i never never had issues with trying to get leaf tails to feed not once not that i can think of yeah i don't i never lost a leaf tail hatchy not that i've like bred mass numbers of them but you know after breeding probably i don't know at least 10 white berber or something like that i never yeah neither have i i've had ones not hatch out yeah, go like go the full distance and not come out of the egg. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've never, never lost. I've lost obviously older adults and stuff. Like yeah, you know, you buy adults and someone tells you they're five years old, only to not be five years old, and then yeah. you know, a couple of months later they're just yeah, or even a year later. Mm. But um, yeah, never never lost a hatchy to not not being able to get it established. Yeah, that's good. They're definitely a pretty hardy gecko if you can keep them cool enough. And they can still withstand a little bit of heat. Yeah, short, definitely. Short yeah. bouts of heat. Yeah, I most definitely. Like my room gets to like 30 yeah. on a hot, on like a really hot day. And um, I've never had an issue. Yeah. I've got an air conditioner, like an old one that not the, like, you know, the portable ones. I've got one of them for like a just in case it gets over 30. But um, yep. yeah, once it gets to 30, that thing kicks on. It, it only cools it down about two degrees. Like you said, it's a 16 degrees and it only cools the room down two degrees. But um, it's still that 28 degrees is better than whatever it'll get to. <clears throat> but Yeah, 100%. That's uh, weird. It, like, have you, have you avoided slowed right down? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really slowed down with food. Yeah. Um, usually, like, yeah, they'll be. Like now, and now this light's on, you'll go down there and they'll be like, give me some crickets. But yeah, they're just kind of perching up and doing their thing now. Yeah. Getting ready for the winter. Because with these, this last few days have been real cold too, like the mornings. It's, it's kind of freaked me out a little bit, hey, because like I'm not putting the two and two together. Like I'm just not in that mindset yet. Yeah. And I'm like walking around and I'm like, where's the depressor? And I'm like, he's not out. He's not like, cause usually he's like scraping around at the front of the glass as soon as he sees me for food. And I'm like, oh shit, don't tell me he's dropped off the perch or whatever. And there he is like yeah. all tucked into a log. He's like, hey, just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm like, ready hey, to bunker down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's right. I got to stop feeding you buggers soon. So yeah, I think that's the other thing with the leaf tails too, is they'll generally feed all year round. All year round. Yeah. But, um, you know, those, those warmer species. Yeah tend to bunker down over the winter and you don't feed them as much but i i slow the feeding down yeah the leaf tails but i still feed them yeah yeah i did the same whereas like 
arid stuff would be like nah no no food whatsoever and then like leafies i might just toss them some crickets once a week or something like that just to, yeah. like they're out hunting so why not yeah oh definitely like i said i, I think i said on the one we did about leaf tails you know i kept them outside and it was like single digits and they're still hunting yeah so which i was just blown away i was like whoa this is insane doesn't surprise me like a couple of the places that todd todd and i went like when we didn't see them out at that particular time but it was icy yeah yeah yeah, and we're yeah, not even areas. into winter yet. That's right. And it's, yeah. So you can just imagine winter, but um, in those areas too. Yeah, I was pretty glad that I actually packed some like warm clothes on that trip because I wasn't actually thinking about it because like after coming from the territory and then doing that, I was like not yeah. thinking sleeping bags and tracky pants and hoodies and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah Cam messaged me actually because he was talking about going to see some at the end of this month, I believe. Trying Camp to get Handy? up there at the end of the season, yeah. Oh, cool. To tag along, but I, I won't be able to make that because I've started a job, but he's going to try and tee up another one towards the end of the year once the season kind of kicks off again to tick off a few of the species. Yeah, sick. So. Um, if I happen to be able to sneak out, well, I'm, I'm happy to yeah. join, but we'll assess that See when that, that comes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might be a bit preoccupied for the first couple of months. but oh, Yeah, um, no doubt. It's it's not that you probably wouldn't have the time to go away. It might be also that the fact that you don't want to go away and yeah. you probably shouldn't go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. But no, I was beyond. I couldn't make that trip. I was probably more looking forward to seeing some of them than you know stuff in Kaki, except for the OP. I would have loved to have seen the OP, but um, yeah. Yes. Well, you know, seeing an OP apparently has a whole bunch of issues in its own right. So. Yeah. Not that we'll get into that now, but yeah, no, that was amazing. I'm not going to lie. Like I've got it in my desktop background here. Yeah. Every time I turn on the computer, I'm like, I've got to see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's when you put that picture up of the um, Tristus the other day. I was like, I didn't think you saw Tristus on your trip. I thought that was a picture from your trip. Yeah. But it wasn't. It's a picture of one of your enclosures. Yeah. That I turned had to... out awesome, eh? I I I, did, I purposefully didn't want to say anything on that photo, like as in like a caption or anything either. I was just like, I wonder if you know some people will kind of not realize what this is, or if you know they're just quickly scrolling past. They go, oh, that's sick, you know, whatever. That's what I did. Yeah, I scrolled. I'm like, that looks sick. I'm like, oh, you said you nailed his camera on that trip, and I hit comment. I was like, I think I wrote awesome shot or something like that. Hit send, and then I scrolled. I'm like, hang on, that wasn't a Gillens. Let's go and scroll back. I'm like. I don't think he saw Tristus. He didn't see Tristus. No. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I did, didn't click. I just kept scrolling. And then I was like, I think Tyson commented on it. Is that one of your um, enclo- your backgrounds you did? And it clicked. I was like, oh, my God, you're such an idiot. Well, <laughs> see, I commented after you. I was just like, not too bad for a lizard in a box. Oh, that's, then, no, that's right. You did too. The, and then Tyson I was like, Tyson came oh. back with like, oh, is that one of your photo? backgrounds or whatever i'm like yep but yeah yeah, that's right i walked in that was sunday morning i think i walked into the room and just saw him basking perfectly in there and i was like oh that is fucking it like that is exactly what i wanted like it just looks unreal like obviously you know it's a photo background so it's not 100 usable or anything like that but that image that you see is just like it looks wild yeah it does. I thought it was at first and then it didn't click. And then it was when you said that it not bad for lizard in a box. I was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
No, nah, did, you didn't. You nailed the scale of the background as well. <clears throat> well, I, I just made it as big as I had to. So yeah. I didn't actually do anything on purpose there. The only thing that I did change on them is I had to kind of choose which part of the background to use. So I had to like, I think I cut out some of the sky. Yeah. And used more of the ground and like the shrubbery that would have been lower to the ground and stuff like that to mm. try to keep it in line with where the the log height would actually be in the enclosure. But yeah, I love it, dude. I come in here now and I'm just like, yeah, like this is this is it. Like especially watching the Gillens like run like four feet into the air. I'm like, yep, this is. You'll have to send me a photo of the the full enclosure. I think you yeah, know, I can't remember. Yeah, I'll um, I'll try to do that now. Um, but yeah, it's it's insane. Hey, like I'm. I'm working on the Kimberley rock monitor one at the moment, but that's yeah, that's just a pain just because I've got to do the tile pointing and stuff like that. Like these ones are good because I could slap them together. Yeah. Like I just double-sided taped the, the the photos into place essentially and did big logs. Like that's an easy throw-together sort of enclosure. But mm. yeah, the Kimberley one, because she's a female, I'm, I'm planning to kind of integrate like a rock that looks like a rock, but it's actually a nest box. Yeah, okay. So then... It doesn't look like a big ugly nest box in the cage. Yeah. But it's a usable nest box for her. Yeah. So there's a bit of fiddling around there. And I mean, you saw it. Like before I started doing all these enclosures, I had like all that foam all cut for a background for the, yeah. the Kimberley or whatever. And now I'm like redoing the whole idea. So yeah, I'm using right. a lot I'm using a lot of that foam because it's obviously not going to waste. But at the same yeah. time, it's just like just shuffled up everything again. So Yeah. Well, I've got some enclosures in the works and I'll have to do backgrounds for them so well you know if I've got if I happen to have the time up my sleeves I'm more than happy to help wherever I can they won't be as detailed as um your Kimbo one they'll just be kind of more of a boulder look like a boulder kind of thing that shouldn't be too bad yeah there's some nice cracks running through it or something like that yeah yeah that'd be awesome Obviously, a lot of your geckos kind of come from that sort of area, hey, where you do have like those big granite boulders and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's the look I'm going for. So, but um, yeah, keen to uh, get that cracking. But just got to. Oh, yeah, that looks awesome. The only thing I changed is the termite mounts. So I started making termite mounts as nest boxes. Yeah. But you can see what that termite mount looks like in that photo. Yeah. Kind of looks like a giant dick. <laughs> yep. I'll say it. I'll say it. I don't mind. Uh, My wife was laughing at me because I'm like, spent all this time making them. I'm like, it just looks like a dick. <laughs> so uh, I'm using the the, <laughs> the top part of the term right now <laughs> as a hide and I scrap the, the base. <laughs> You shafted the base, did you? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's good because the, the, the top of it's still hollow. So the, <laughs> the monitors can get into them and use them as a hide still. So, yeah. <laughs> For anybody at home, these uh, things legitimately look like big orange penises. It's not yeah. great. But yeah. So um, many jokes. <laughs> You say jokes or jerks? <laughs> jokes. <laughs> and, uh, oh man! But no, apart from that, that's an older older photo, obviously. But yeah, the I think I added in a couple more branches, a couple more inches. 
<laughs> 20 minutes in and we're off the rails. Uh, that's that's cool. awesome. But yeah, no, I, I love it, dude. Like my, um, my in-laws and Danny's grandparents were up here on the weekend having coffee just after we saw each other and they yeah. they couldn't get over those enclosures. Hey, they were like, "Oh, that's so cool." Like, yeah, they've seen zoo exhibits <clears throat> worse than that. So, yeah, no, it looks good. Yeah, oh, I'm stoked. Yeah, I would be too. I'm just not looking forward to building backgrounds again. So, <laughs> oh, you'll be right. Might be a little bit better. I think they're a bit easier. So, if you're doing planar backgrounds, those things are easy. Yeah. Even if you're just doing like, if you want like rough shapes and stuff, like just like a bit of waviness in a rock face sort of thing, just hit it with a heat gun. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do, I think. And then you can kind of like tighten up and it kind of just like, instead of being like a flat face, it can kind of just give that light sort of wavy effect. Yeah. That's like obviously similar. not super detailed, but. Yeah. Similar to the chameleon gecko, I'll do something like that, I think, for a more. Mm. Mm. So. I actually had, um, I had a fella, I forget his name. I say his name was Michael or Reese. I can't remember. But yeah, he he sent me <laughs> two completely different names. Well, no, no, no. He, he has one of those names where it's like three first names. Is his whole name? Uh, yeah. So I couldn't remember what it was. But he was messaging me all week about like painting tips and stuff like that. And he pretty much mimicked that uh, chameleon gecko enclosure background. Yeah. Like to the T. It's just like ninety centimeters long, but it's like the exact same design and everything like that. And yeah. Yeah, he was pretty stoked on it. I think it was one of his first ones as well. So you know, practice makes perfect, but yeah, he was yeah. pretty stoked with how it came out. It looked good. Nice he saw them popping up now on the um on a lot of the Facebook groups. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. I actually wouldn't mind trying out grout again and giving grout a second chance. Yeah. Just because I like I do like how uh, Matt and Christie's ones are just so smooth. Yeah, I just okay. can't. I can't seem to get the smoothness to these backgrounds. So I'm always trying to use the the streakiness of the tile pointing to my advantage to look like natural rock. But yeah, like I just love how some of their stuff's just like that real smoothy, smooth texture. You know. Yeah. But yeah. I unless I just spend more time with the pointing and I'm like you know do layers when I'm actually home so I can kind of just wait for that yeah. perfect moment to smooth it out. Whereas I'm kind of like it with a wet brush kind of thing. Yeah, whereas I, I'm kind of like usually putting pointing on before I go to work or after I, you know, just before I'm going to bed or something like that. So I'm not waiting around for an hour or two to kind of smoothen it out. Yeah, yeah. Tell you what, these hopping mice—they're eating me out of house and home. <laughs> How many you got now? I don't even know. <laughs> it's like a plague. It's just a plague. But yeah, I need to move some on. Um, oh, it just kind of drew my attention because one of them's just like gnawing at the door to try to get out. So I thought I could hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like they just gnaw at the wood, like they obviously yeah. do it to blunt their teeth and stuff like that. But cool little animals. But yeah, um, I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit of biotope reptile enclosures. Hey, like obviously our hobbies kind of go in that way where people are kind of pushing I think more to the direction where a lot of fish keepers are kind of going where they're trying to create like a, a real natural piece of an environment in their home 
Yeah. And I think like what Todd's trying to do and Todd's trying to push for at the moment is not only is he trying to make a bioactive enclosure, but he's also also trying to use like the exact same plants, the exact same cleanup crew, the exact same like everything that's found in that region. Yeah. And I find it hard with us, hey, because like not of a lot of Australian plants are like there's a lot that's readily available. But not certain species yeah. that you need. Yeah. And um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's something that, you know, should be kind of not strived for, but, you know, do you think that there is enough people out there to kind of push that envelope and see if we can kind of get it to that realm? I think there is. I definitely think there is. Um, But, yeah, like you said, it's, I mean, there's a lot of plant groups and this and that. Like plants are a hobby in themselves. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that you could probably find a lot of the stuff is already around, but it might just be a little bit harder to keep. <clears throat> um, and some of them are actually quite expensive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, definitely, it definitely is. It's definitely he- heading that way. But like they said on NPR, you know, p- the fish guys will spend 20 bucks on a fish, but like five grand on a fish tank, like, whereas we'll spend five grand on a snake and 20 bucks on a plastic tub, like. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite way, but it's starting to shift a little bit. But um, yeah, the, I think the cleanup crew from the area and that might be a little bit difficult. Yeah, possibly due to like microclimates and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, there's no harm in trying it, seeing if you can get it to work. Even some of the plant species, like, like you think people kind of keep, you know, take strophurus for example they kind of keep all the species the same way but if you think mm. about it they go across basically from the east of australia all the way to the west of australia so the mm. climates and everything else are completely different but um so you know different things will be in different areas and this and that but yeah it's kind of but yeah you can do it you could do it but it's definitely heading that way I think it's like also the amount of like, it's one thing to research an animal and its environment. It's another thing to go right through all those plant species and actually figure out what's the exact plant that's there. How does that plant need to grow? Can that work with the animal? You know, like, because you could have a rainforest plant that needs to be soaked 100% of the time, but that gecko or whatever doesn't want to be soaked 100% of the time. So. But you might have areas, you know, that you might find you might find that gecko on, say, like a boulder that's soaked twenty four seven. But when you've seen it, it's only been on there for five minutes because it was chasing a moth or a cockroach or something like that, you know. Yeah. But you saw it there, so you just might assume that, you know, that's that's what it's always on, but it's yeah. not necessarily the truth. Yeah, it's one thing that. It's one thing that I think I need to do more of when I go out herping is actually watching the animals before just going, oh, cool, and like completely interrupting it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, I think you kind of get scared because you're like, I don't want to let it get away. Yeah. But at the same time, like I think we can learn a lot more, obviously, from watching the actual animal and its natural behavior. You know? Yes. And I think about that a lot on those trips. It's like, I, like it was pretty good with the Moritz because we were able to kind of actually sit there and watch them. Because so, you found so many of them. Well, we found so many of them, and and to be honest, like they're the perfect candidate because they're not exactly doing a hell of a lot. Like they're just yeah. on the prowl. But I think the last one that we saw, or one of the last ones that we saw, was like 
he was so far down the base of a tree. Like he was probably only about 20 centimeters off the base of this tree in like this perfect mm. ambush position. I was like, I think we sat with it for probably close to 10 minutes. I was like, I would have just loved to like a bug just like, I think even Todd went looking for a bug just to see if we could entice get him to get yeah. a feed sort of thing. But, but in saying that you found someone, the toilet wall. So like how far do you take, you know, you do you make a fake toilet in your enclosure? <laughs> <laughs> well that, that becomes its own little world right like it's yeah, exactly it's, it's a habitat you know for sure you well, know. you've started making penises enclosures so you know <laughs> <laughs> need to go get some bricks and mortar yeah but yeah like you know i guess if you have a have a species and you can kind of i guess so that's where the naturalistic kind of comes in to a degree like you can keep it naturalistic but it doesn't have to be 100 percent like the biotope from that or the microclimate from that area well see that's where i think it's like completely different is like you know naturalistic's awesome um and that's what i go for in a lot of stuff biotopes kind of like the heart of the hard sort of stuff you know like you're not going to mm. be able to track everything down unless you're li- literally getting stuff from that environment mm. but that's where you kind of go you know do, do we want to strive for that? Like, obviously, some people want to have a goal to go towards something like that, but it's not necessarily achievable. But at the same time, you know, that's kind of like the pinnacle, I think, where mm. it would be awesome to be able to do that with the microfauna, with the the same genre of worms or whatever is in the soil there, you know, the same isopods, all that sort of gear. Like, it would be awesome to be able to do that with every species. It's obviously not feasible, but... yeah. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head if I've seen anybody doing that in Australia. I haven't seen it, but it's not to say that someone isn't doing it. Because there's guys doing it with fish in Australia. Yeah. Like Australian native fish and stuff like that. And like, that's what got my, my cogs turning. I'm like, you know, obviously the fish guys are generally, generally a little bit more advanced in a lot of ways that they're doing things. So are they but going was- and getting the water from the area and all that kind of stuff as well or? like to the point where they take their glass box to the river or, They'll or, get... or jugs to the river, kind of like to fill yeah, up water and and soils and plants yeah. and all that sort of gear. And yep. Yeah. Right. Take it home, put it all together. Depending on the fish, they'll get the fish there too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like it's just, it's kind of crazy because I've seen some people where they, they'll do like a little GoPro shot like underwater or whatever and then they'll just mimic it and then like oh, zoom, wow. zoom out and it's like, oh, that's in a glass box. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you could, but yeah, at the end of like... Well, you can't do it, that. You can't go and... Oh, that's... No, I mean like the... the can you... T- I don't know what you can... If you can take plants and stuff, can you? I don't know what the rule is with... I don't know. Native I suppose if it's natives, then it's supposed to stay native, isn't it? It's supposed it's to be protected, yeah, yeah, something like that. But um, I know you can buy native plants and stuff, but um, but yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, you, it'd be hard. I reckon it'd be hard. Well, it got me thinking because, like, obviously Todd and I were at that ranger's hut or whatever, and there were those and plants the there plants for sale. And stuff. And I was like, but they might not do well in a closed terrarium too. Like, you know, that's closed well. lack of airflow, you know, you might have to, they might, you know, once you nailed it, you might, you might be lucky, but you know, you might plant it and they might all die because there's not enough light. There's too much light. There's not enough airflow. It's too yeah. humid. Not humid enough, whatever it is. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. definitely worth something cool to try out. I, I'd just like to try it. I think, yeah, like it's, it'd be one of those cool things to be able to have the opportunity to be able to do it and tinker around with it. Like, I don't know. I was even thinking the other day, I was like, oh, I should, <laughs> with all my spare time, I should do it with just like some local stuff or something like that and see if I can kind of, you know, like a local rainforest or something like that, see mm. if I can tee something up and, and put something together. Doesn't have to have a reptile in it, but, you know, just yeah. a glass box with the plants and just see if it was possible. And then I took a look at everything I've got going on and I'm like, I don't have time to <laughs> muck around with a glass box with plants. Not just yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely could, but I, th- I think it'd be hard. But this is the thing. Some of the species of reptiles and that, their, their range is huge. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, some of the, like, yeah, a lot of, like, you think of some of the stuff, you know, 100Ks, this and that, even bigger. Ciliaris, for instance, they go, like, I mean, there's probably needs to be a bit of work done on Ciliaris, but, you know, they go right across Central Australia. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely needs to be a bit of work done there. I had some interesting conversations with Rick about those. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Rick, did you see those crazy yellow ciliaris here? I did. I did. I like that picture today. <laughs> they oh, like awesome. neon. Yeah, all up the back. Yeah. <clears throat> he's probably been Pardon. working on them for a while. Yeah, he's, he's good at that. He just tinkers away and as soon as he's ready to tell anybody about anything, he brings it out. Those yeah, things no, are look yellow cool. though. They'd be super orange when they change color. Gray and orange. Mm. I wonder what they look like as hatchies. Probably the same, but just, um, yeah. How can they be the same? They look awesome though. It's like basically head to tail yellow all down the back. Pretty much. So there's a bit of gray modeling and stuff on the sides of them and their legs, but. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome little geckos nonetheless. Mm. But yeah. Definitely, definitely awesome. Bit of work there for sure. What are your thoughts on cohabitating reptiles of the same species? Cohabbing? Mm. As in geckos or frogs or anything. From the same species? From the same species. It's one thing that I know you and I practice a lot, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I pretty much do it with everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I pretty much, all my, I've always just got trios or pairs of geckos, frogs, um, everything, yeah. <clears throat> Everything's pretty much, the only thing I, I generally don't do is when they're, Hatchies, I'll generally try and keep them separate. Yeah. Or I'll keep the clutch mate. Like with geckos, it's two. I'll keep the two together just yeah. purely just to make sure they're eating. Yeah. You know, and if I notice one's growing quicker than the other, then I'll I'll separate so, the other so, one. Yeah. But generally I'll I'll keep them separate. But other than that, geckos I'm always in pairs or trios. And depending reason. on the species, sometimes I'll even have two males in there as well. With geckos? I've done it with a berber. I feel like they're, they're an animal that you could get away with it that quite easily. Yeah. I made sure, like, I didn't just have, you know, like a background and one stick. I had, like, cork bark tubes. I had cork bark stacked on cork bark. 
cork yeah. bark up against the background. So, you know, they could wedge itself in between the cork bark and the background and the other male could be in a cork bark tube. Yeah. So they basically had their own separate areas pretty much. So, like, I think kind of geckos in that sense and probably frogs to a degree are kind of like one type of group of animals that can be okay doing most of that most of the time. I know I've had some pretty shitty luck with Oridura calcinawi. And also cave geckos. Yeah, okay. You had bad experience so, with those. Yeah, I generally keep them, kept them separate. And then when I tried to breed them, I put them together. Mind you, I didn't actually successfully breed them. I got eggs, but I didn't hatch any out. But um, I think, did I hatch any out? No, I don't think I did. I got eggs. But yeah, they'll fight to the death. The yeah. female generally kill the male, not not male to kill the female. Did you when when you were into knobtails? Did you leave them together all the time? No, uh, no, I always kept them separate for some reason. I had tubs. Yeah, so I, I always found they did separate. better separate. Yeah, for that same sort of reason as I found that the females were not always receptive, so the males almost stressed them out a lot of the time. Yeah, which yeah, I always kept them separate, but um. Everything else, all the other geckos I've, I've kept together. Leaf tails, strophurus, um, ring tails, kept ring tails together. Didn't keep the cave geckos together. What else? Yeah, pretty much always kept geckos together. I wasn't a fan of keeping snakes together, though. I had a bad, um, <laughs> bad incidence with green tree pythons. Yeah, you were telling me about that. That makes me pretty nervous. But um, that was just feeding, though. Feeding time. Everything, like, yeah. She had a, or like an insane food response. Mm. But, um, like, you'd open the cage and the movement, like, of the, the door, like, you know, they, they hang down. Mm. His head wobbled, like, moved, and she just hit him. Right yeah, there. right. It's like food, bang. Obviously, it wasn't food. But, um... Pretty, pretty much everything else I've kept together. I'd love to keep some pygopods one day. Um, but, yeah. They're so. Yeah. I reckon you would have <laughs> lost your marbles finding like half the pygopods that we found out there. So well, was... I've only seen Burton, so I'd love to see some of the other ones. Yeah. <clears throat> Even the common scaly food, they're, they're awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. But, yeah, no, I've always kept, yeah. With geckos, I've never really had a second thought, except for the cave geckos. I've always, you know, generally kept them together. I th- I think with any animal, obviously, there comes like a level of risk by oh, sure. keeping them together. Obviously, it's just like a, a you got to make an educated understanding of whether that's going to work for you or if it's not going to work for you, depending on the animal. Like, I mean, right down to my turtles. My turtles have had blues in the past or... Yeah, I don't necessarily know if they've had like a fight or you know one of them just scratched their nose or something, and then all of a sudden they smelled delicious, and all yeah, the other ones decided to take a nibble. You know, so I had a bit of argy bargy like that before. Um, man, even just having like, have you ever kept dragons? As in bearded dragons or any? I've got the boids. You got the boids, but that's like the only dragons you've kept. I've had um, bearded dragons. I think I've only had bearded dragons. Did you co-have them? No, I only had one, so. Yeah. Yeah. They're oh, never really super interested in a lot of the... I actually, you know, in saying that, no, I do. I like a lot of the dragons, but there's just... Yeah, there's not many of them around. 
no, cool no, little ones small spaces. Want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I hear um, you there. A lot of work involved in those guys too. I have to give it to those guys like Mitch and that that oh yeah did a good number with a lot of the smaller gamuts. Mm. Um, but no, it's um, it's one of those things where I find like that they're a group that you definitely don't want to keep together. Or in yeah. my opinion, from everything that I've seen with probably some of the larger <clears throat> dragons, they just seem to just mince each other up if they get given half a chance. Yeah, that's right. I've taken enough toes and tail tips and everything. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you've got to, like, even with the geckos, you've still got to keep an eye on it to make sure that there's no, like, bullying or anything else going on. Because it definitely does happen. You might get a dominant female that, you know, would be a bit of a pain to another female or something. But oh, My female castle now, he used to smash my male castle now. <laughs> Poor little guy. I say little, he was the same size as I. But they just used to cop a flogging. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think I had the, the same with them as well from memory. I think it was the female. Yeah, I think it was. She was bigger than the others. And mm. yeah, she was a bit of an aggro, especially food. Like soon as soon as food would go in, it was like a free for all. Yep. You know, they they see a cricket run and then they'd both go for the same cricket. And then one would grab the cricket and the other one would grab the cricket and try and grab the other one's mouth or something. It's like, oh, let him go. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah. I mean, I even thought about doing different species cohabs as well. Yeah, well, that was the next subject that I kind of wanted to get into is yeah. is talking about that because obviously like if you have an enclosure, well, not obviously, but if you had an enclosure big enough and you had two species that you kind of lined up that more or less had somewhat different re- requirements i think that um, yeah you know it could almost work as long as they're like like take for example that that guy that i got the moritz leaf tail geckos off he had the moritz in with angle heads yeah and the angle heads would come out of a, a day and hunt around and do what they needed to do yeah and then they went to sleep and then the moritz came out of nighttime and and did yeah. that i thought about doing it with um cornutus and prickly forest skinks I think that would be a good one to do. Yeah, because obviously the, the forest skinks, you know, you, you barely see them during the day, but, you know, of a night time, you're definitely not going to see them. And then the night time the cornutus would come out. I even thought about doing it with chameleon geckos and forest skinks, but the only, the only thing I think you'd have is the forest skinks might piss the chameleon geckos off during the day. Well, because the chameleon geckos are on the ground underneath yep. stuff, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know. I might be running over them and this and that, but um. And you could do that combination of cornutus and forest skinks now too. Yeah, I've thought about it. Definitely thought about it. But um, what I'd do is I'd have a nice tall enclosure. Yeah. And then down the bottom, I'd have a door, but I'd have a large bit of like clear perspex that'd sit in the enclosure, so like a full door, so you can still see through. Because I don't like not being able to see in. Mm. Like I like a, a larger door and just have this big piece of clear perspex that's actually in the enclosure. So it's like another lip. So mm. if you open the door, the forest kings can't jump and run out. Mm. <laughs> they are quick. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I've definitely thought about that. I thought about that years ago. Um, but yeah, I've just never never done it. I still might. I've heard of people doing um, quadrilinearis. And to press it together. Okay. 
but they haven't had success breeding them when they've been together. Dress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they. I mean, you hear people doing like blue tongues and shinglebacks together and stuff, but um. Well, half the time they come out with hybrids when that happens. Yeah, exactly. But um, well, that's the thing. So yeah, they're kind of, you know, out at the same time. So the stress would be. Uh, that would, I, I feel like <laughs> that stress would be greater. Yeah. But I mean, saying that though, you go chuck a handful of crickets in with your leaf tails during the day, they're going to come and eat whatever's around. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, I think the, the prickly forest skinks are a little bit too large for the corners to eat. Definitely. I think, you know, if you had like a little neonate prickly forest skink, it might be an odd chance. But in saying that as well, like, I don't know if the corners are programmed to eat that sort of stuff. They might be. Yeah. Do, they, do they eat smaller geckos and things in the wild? I'd say they would, yeah. You wiggle yeah, your finger in front big. of them and they'll bite your finger. <laughs> I haven't t- just tested that. Hurts. <laughs> They've got a pretty decent bite on them. But um, not compared to the, the the cave geckos are a bit harder. I was going to say, how's it, how's it stack <laughs> yeah, up? <laughs> they're a little bit harder. But, I might um, have to come around and poke my old cornutus just to... <laughs> Yeah. Test it. Start letting all the geckos in the world bite me. But no, they're definitely uh, not all of them, but some will have a crack. Some of the ones that have those like wicked food response will definitely have a crack. Mm. That's why I was never oh, cool. too game for finger feeding them because I'd always get a nip on the finger. Not that it hurts, but it's just more of a nuisance. And if you're not ready for it, it scares the shit out of you. <laughs> I actually recently thought about building an enclosure together for um, some of my aberrants and my beaded geckos. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I was like, you know what? Like, they're not adult aberrants. It couldn't be adult aberrants, I don't reckon, because I reckon they would probably take a pretty red hot go at the beaded geckos. Yeah. But in saying that, like, they're kind of a similar sort of arid species where, you know, if you had a, a big enough land area, you could probably get away with the, the beaded's down low and the aberrants up high. Mm. But again, that comes down to are they going to stress each other out of a night time? Yeah. Being that same sort of shift, yeah. It's something to think of, though. But at the same time, like not everyone should just go chuck whatever they want together. And no, 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 it not at all. Works, but no, it's not what we're trying to promote here. It's, no. yeah. I it got my cogs turning when I when I heard um, I forget his name. I want to say it was John Digby. It was the guy that I got the Moritz off. Uh, and when he was telling me about that, I was like, this is unreal. Like, you know, it's especially, you know, an older gentleman that's, you know, mm. got a bioactive tank and he's got two different species and he thought it was the bee's knees. He's like, get up during the day and the angleheads are away. Check it out at night and the morits are up, you know, like it's, that just seems like the perfect sort of combo for, for what they well, are. They're, they're from the same area too. So like... I've heard I've heard angleheads can be quite nasty though, so that's what kind of got me thinking about it. Like one of the young fellas at work, he's got some angleheads that'll try to take his finger off, given half a chance. My boys are like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, aggro. Yeah, right. But, um, I mean, I don't handle them or anything like that, but they'll come. They'll come in and take crickets off you and stuff like that. You open the door if you've got a handful of crickets, I'll be at the door. Mm. But if you go try and pick them up, it's all throat puff and. Mouth open and 
It's fun. I like it. <laughs> I, I do like a spicy animal like that. Yeah. But at the same time, every now and then you, you're like, ah, oh, need to turn yeah. it off. Yeah. The male's pretty chill, but the two females. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, like it's definitely something I've always wanted to do, like a nice large enclosure. Yeah. Different species cohab, but... The the green tree python exhibit at Taronga Zoo. That's green tree python and white lip tree frogs. I, th- I thought, which yeah. t- I think I don't know if we've spoken about this before. No, I don't think we have, but that'd be pretty wicked. Yeah, imagine having some big, big frogs in with a a snake like that. Like you'd you'd almost be worried that the frogs would eat the snake. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Especially those big buggers. Well, I think it is an adult male green tree python. And from the video that I saw, I think they had it on telly. Um, it was it's a well big fed. green tree python. <laughs> yeah. It's well fed. It made my big female look small. So it's a it's a more complete chondro green tree python. <laughs> XXL. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, but like that's an interesting combination too, you know. I personally wouldn't have thought of doing frogs with a python, regardless if the python's only got a taste for rats or rodents or whatever. But you know, it obviously works. I think yeah. I think the frogs were actually I think the whole reason for the video that I saw I think they were taking the green tree python to a vet for a checkup because the frogs were giving it some stick. Okay, <laughs> so you know, little frog like yeah, you know, well I say little frog, still a big frog, but when you're versing, you know, more complete conjure, it yeah. was um, you know, next level. So. Yeah, no, I've, d- I've definitely thought about it. I still might. I still think I might with some cornerdus and some um, pretty forest skinks. But um, I think that's an even matchup, though. Like that's that's yeah. it's not too out of the realm. Like if you're doing cornerdus with a green tree python or a Boyd's forest dragon, like there's the odds are stacked against the cornerdus heavily. Yeah, oh, the cornerdus are pretty big. Yeah, but when you compare with, with spread- Boyd's, like if you had, I thought about doing it with Boyd's. If you had, like, a, say a background with like layers, so that the, that they could get in between the rocks. Yep. And the Boyd's in, couldn't. And the Boyd's couldn't. Like I'm talking like three centimeters, and it's like actually yep. like you you could physically take it out and look behind it and just lay it back, kind of thing. Yep. You could like a slab. Yeah, like a like a rock slab, like as if it was two pieces of like rock. Mm. You could, um, but in saying that though, you know, there'd be nothing worse than if your boys just saw this nice cornudus tail and just mm. blocked it out, kind of thing. Like that's mm. a possibility. Um, but yeah, that'd be the worst. Because oh, yeah. it would, it wouldn't. I don't think it would take down. Oh, don't get me wrong; it'd probably kill the gecko, but. I don't know if it would be on its menu for lunch, size-wise, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think any accidents there wouldn't wouldn't be intentional. Mm. I, I kind of think about something like that where, like, maybe the Boyd's, if the corner just happened to be on a branch of a daytime or something like that. Yeah. And then the Boyd's just jumping around and lands on a cornutus and stresses it out, you know, Boyd's puts a claw in it or something like that, then, yeah. you know, that could be a bit more detrimental. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, the possibilities. But again, you know, like if the cage was big enough. Yeah, if you did it properly. Yeah. Like if you're just talking a four by four foot box, then you might be um, more likely to run into these problems where if it's like a you know, six by 10 foot box, 
Yeah, that's right. And you got less animals in it, then you got way more chance of this sort of stuff being achievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think you do prickly forest kings and boys forest dragons. I don't think that'd end well. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it would be impossible again if it was a big nah. enough cage. But at the same time, you just got to make it right, make the right sort of environments, right sort of rotten logs everywhere, so the the pricklies know where to go. Yeah. Maybe introduce them first for a few months. Let them sort out all the hides and yeah. whatnot. But um, start their tunnels up. Yeah. Do you find that with your pricklies? They make little tunnels everywhere? Yeah, and they know where they are. Oh, yeah. The amount of times that I, before, like, you got them off me, I'd open the enclosure and think that they're gone. I'd literally have to excavate the whole enclosure to find them. Yeah. Dig up the substrate, dig up. And I, I'd dig up substrate and they they were in my hand in substrate and I hadn't realised. And I'm like, <laughs> you kidding me? They're, they're gone. Like, then I'd go back again and then, I, then I'd find them, like, yeah, they're awesome little things. Like it's, I mean, like you don't see them much, but they're so cool. That They are fantastic. I think if, I don't think I'd keep them again, but if I was going to keep them again, I'd like to get a big group of them. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I reckon that they might have more confidence in coming out if they're in higher numbers. Yeah. You know, like when I say that, you know, like half a dozen or something like that. Yeah just to see if that increases it or you just at least get the odds of potentially seeing one out when you look in your cage. Yeah. You know, because like when I had, I had two of them and I had to keep them separate because I had that hatchy and the the big one. I'd see the hatchy because I had to lift up the log to check it in like the little tub that it was in. And then the big one, like when I was trying to get it out for you, I'm like, oh, fuck, I reckon it's... <laughs> don't know where it is. <laughs> don't know where it it's is. Gone, Maybe it's kicked the bucket in here, yeah. you know? <laughs> Who knows? Because yeah. I hadn't seen it in months. I'm feeding it crickets. The crickets are gone, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, get it replaced with turds. So that's when yeah. you know they're still there. So Yeah, I mean, you could do the enclosure so you'd like, you know the leaf litter if you didn't have it such a thick layer of leaf litter and just maybe like one big nice rotten log up up the middle um and like you know not as dense leaf litter yeah then you might see a little bit more and you know scattered plants not so full on but um yeah i think you'd have to design the enclosure that's what i plan on doing so i can actually maybe see them a little bit more yeah and keeping them on the ground so they're on that low level yeah, they feel like they're down low. Yeah. Might do a nice tall, wide enclosure and just chuck the cornerities in there as well. See, even something like a 90 by 90, something like that would be awesome for something like that. Like if you did yeah. a pair or a trio of cornerities, then you could have well, you could have a few, fair few forest skinks on the floor there. Yeah. And something that size. It's not like they're big. Nah. No, not at all. But, um, yeah, it's still a thought. I think I'll, I'll probably still will toy around with the idea. But, <clears throat> yeah, I'd love to get a couple more of them, like you said, just have a little colony of them. I've been saying that if I had a little colony, I might just keep them all together in one enclosure. Yeah, let them be. Yeah. See if you could reproduce a few. Yeah. They're not a common skink in the hobby. Nah, no. Nah, I think Mitch got a couple out recently, didn't he? Yeah. I think Marcus had them for a while, but I think he moved on a few of his. I think you have to yeah. make room for some other sort of skink, but yeah, good little, good little skinks. Yeah, I just like them. I just because it's the it's that like it's that 
area that I like, you know, that type yeah. of enclosure and forest. Like I, I just, I have a thing for rainforests. I always have ever since I was a kid. I don't know whether it was the fact that I'd go, not so much that it was a rainforest that I'd go to, but, you know, it was a big like waterfall and like Summersby Falls, well, like we grew up right near it. So we were there mm. all the time. So it's got that rainforest feel. Like yeah. I've always loved rainforests <clears throat> and then to keep stuff that comes from a rainforest. Yeah. You know, I've always been drawn to that, that type of species, I think. Did I send you that photo of that skink that we found in that rotten log in the rainforest? I don't think you did, no. I don't, I don't know if it's, um, I don't actually know the species of it, but it was such a beautiful little skink. We were watching it for a fair while. It was just kind of like half poked out of a log yeah. when we were there. Oh, but yeah, man, it was so cool just to see this little little guy hanging out of this thing. I'll have to send you a photo later on. Yeah, that's the thing with skinks. Like, uh, they look awesome, but I could not tell you what type of skink it was because there are so many different types of skinks. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a complete wormhole, right? Yeah. That's why I love these, um, like, <clears throat> complete guide to books. Like, you flick through the skink pages and it just goes for, like, Hundreds of pages. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it kind of puts you off almost because you're like, man, I can't like keep all this stuff in my head. You know, it's just yeah. impossible. Well, that's like a guess last week. How awesome was that? That was an amazing tour. I was like, I, I, I didn't, I like after the podcast, I think I said, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I even said anything. I was just too busy listening. I was just like, <laughs> that was such a good guest, man. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was a good chat. Oh, I yeah. may have gone and bought a few more of his books that I could find after that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how many more he did have. Like, it was cool to see, like, his list of papers and stuff like that that he'd helped write or he, yeah. he had written, sorry. And, um, yeah, for anybody that is, uh, is ha- hasn't listened to that episode, we're referring to Steve Wilson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was a, a crazy episode. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so did I. It was really good. But um, I grabbed you a copy of one of his books too. Oh, did you? Know? Yeah, the, the lizard one with the miner on the cover. Oh, that's right. With the Glebo. Is that the Glebo? Yep. I think it's a Glebo. Yeah. I remember you telling me. Yeah, sorry. I'm losing track of time. But I yeah. found them, two of them at a good price. So. Oh, wicked. Thank you. I was like, I'll grab that. <laughs> but um, my bookshelf's filling up, dude. I need another one. <laughs> I'm not quite to that stage yet, but I'm on to uh, my, my third shelf, I think. I um, got a nice new book the other day from Matt Somerville too. <laughs> <laughs> that one rocked up. That was the Snakes of Australia, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, Snakes of Australia, I think it was. I think it's called. Um, where is it? What snake did it have on the front? Oh, yeah. the, the um the legless lizard snake. <laughs> well, somebody made a blunder. Yeah. I think it was was it Matt telling us that when he went to a market and there was like a lady had a table and there was like fifteen of them on the table. That's yeah, where he right. got it from. And he wish he because I wish I just bought, in hindsight, like I should have just bought all of them because obviously once they worked out that there wasn't supposed to have a legless lizard on the cover, they all got pulled back from the bookstores. So. Yeah. 
I wonder how that even happens. They, they just chuck whatever they want on the cover. Is it there? Yeah. Yeah, right. Because the same thing happened with um, Steve Wilson. What lizard is that? The second. So they did a, I'm pretty sure they did a reprint. Yeah. I think he was saying it in the podcast. I don't know. Maybe he said it before. I'm not too sure. It might have been after. We'll, we'll chat. But it has a um, frill neck lizard on the cover. Mm. He didn't want it to have a frill neck on the cover. Oh, right. Just because it's such a, like a common a common thing. That one, yeah. yeah. Um, he wanted it to just have like a different lizard. So I think there might actually be two versions of that. Should have had the, the lizard that's on the inside cover. Yes, my favorite. That is an awesome shot, that one, eh? The chameleon gecko. Yep. But it's but, like um, the chameleon gecko is like staring you down. It almost looks like very frog-like in that photo. It looks like an alien. It's got it a chest does. armor on. And, but um, I've, I've got that one coming. I didn't actually have that one. I've got that coming. You should and have I, told I, me. I have two. That's like oh, really? the one book I've got two of. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, well, we've, there you go. I've got, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's another version of it, like a first edition with a different cover. Yeah, right. And I bought that. Well, the picture had a different cover and I've bought that too. So I may have two of the same one, but I may not. And I've also got bought the What Snake Is That as well. Because uh, yeah. I didn't actually have that. But, um, I think I've I got, got that here too. Yeah, I do. I got some awesome books the other day. Oh, it's always good getting more books. I, yeah, I, yeah. I got books this week, but they're not, not reptile related. They're fish related. So I think I th- <laughs> I'm going down the fish book rabbit hole now. Yeah, right. So I'm I, glad I've just got this one. I got uh, Dragon Lizards of Australia. Oh, Evolution, cool. Ecology, and a Comprehensive Field Guide. That one's pretty cool. I'd show Who's you that one by? Um, Jan Melville and Steve Wilson. Oh, sick. It's got a uh, thorny devil on the cover. Oh, I have seen that one. Yeah. I want to get that. Oh, I think I was talking to you about it last week or, or maybe it was off air, but that um, fa- Faranoid Lizards of the World. Yeah. Mm. I think I have that one. I'm pretty sure I do. What body part of mine do you want for it? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I've got it. What's the cover again? I can't remember the color. Uh, I can't remember what type of goanna it is, but it's something that's like standing up on its back legs. So I'm going to assume it's an Australian goanna. Is it Panoptes? Potentially. I'll tell you in a sec. I think I'm pretty sure I do have that book. Yeah, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's Panoptes on the front. Yeah. Yeah, it's out of, it's, I'm 99% sure I've got that one. Looks like Who's the author? Uh, it is Eric R. Pianca um, and Dennis R. King with Ruth Alice King. Ruth Allen King. Ruth Allen King? I need my glasses on. Yeah, Ruth Allen King. Yeah. Um, I think they're... Yeah, it's a, it's in English, this one. So I want to say like, potentially it was a German-based book or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty oh. sure I have it. Oh, yeah, I've got it. 
Yeah, biology of varanoid lizards. <clears throat> yeah, I've got it. I don't That's weird. Yeah, I think I've bought that years ago. That one. That was like one of the first ones I bought. This one. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Oh, hang on. That looks a bit different than my one. Yeah, because when you said biology, I was like, hang on, that doesn't mention biology on the front. I'm sure it is yeah. about it, but. I'm pretty sure I have that one. I'm trying to find. I'm looking on my. I can't see my bookshelf anymore. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got that one. There you go. Oh, well, if I don't, that's something else I've got to get. <laughs> Just add it to the, <laughs> add it to the oh, list. Add it to the list. I'm still chasing down a bunch of coggers. Yeah. I need heaps it. of the. I don't have any of the six editions. Like I've got a bunch of the other ones, but I don't have any of the six edition coggers. Matt's got one, but um, I've been chatting with Matt. Mm. He's got one. He's, he's but it's um, it's well used. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's been around the country. I'd say it's been around the world. <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely need some of the. That's the one with the green tree python on the front cover. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, you can never have too many books, mate. Never have too many books. No, that's it. I just need more time in the day to read the bloody things. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. What are you... Huh? And magazines too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my wife got me a Coral magazine subscription for nice. Christmas, so I had my first one of those turn up. It's like a uh, every two months you get a copy. Yeah, so they still do magazines in the coral industry, do they? Yeah, I don't think it's like uh, well, marine fish tanks are a massive thing, dude. Like yeah, a, I'd say they're bigger again than reptiles in a lot of places. So yeah. Um. Yeah, that was cool. There, it's good to have a flick through that. But yeah, what do you reckon, mate? You got anything else you want to chat about today? Well, off the top of my head, man. Uh, we had head. one more topic there, but I reckon we saved that for another day. To be honest. Yeah. Because that could good, almost mate. be an episode by itself. Yeah. Yeah, you have those ghost moths going over your camera again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Rooms haunted. I can't even yeah. see anything going across the camera. That's the worst part. But, but to yeah. me, it just goes white. It's like an orb going across your camera. I know. Yeah, There's some spirit in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys, we'd like to say a massive thanks to Eric and Owen and the rest of the MPR crew for having us. If you'd like to contact them, it's best to find them at moreliapythonradio.com and email them at info at moreliapythonradio.com. Make sure to follow the NPR network on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. As far as contacting us on our social media platforms, you can email us at australianhepticulture at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Make sure to check out our Teespring store for podcast merch. The link is on the Facebook page. To see more of what Jason is doing, make sure to follow him on Facebook and Instagram at The Gecko Effect. For myself, you can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, and Teespring on The Beach of Scaly Beasts. We hope to have you back next week for another episode of the Australian Herpticulture Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night.